Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis.org, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the COVID-19 crisis and beyond. Hi, I'm Shivaglani. According to a 2020 report by the National Alliance for Caregiving, more than 50 million Americans are involved in providing healthcare to a family member, and many of those are informal caregivers, children or grandchildren, who need guidance and support as they take on this important role. Recognizing that need, Bianca Padilla and her husband launched CareWell in 2016 to make it easier for caregivers to find products, services, and resources all in one place. CareWell completed a major round of funding just before the pandemic hit last year. Investors include Primetime Partners, co-founded by our good friend, fellow investor and advisor, Alan Patrikoff. I would like to, before we begin, thank Caitlin Borlachek at Sageview Capital, who first introduced Bianca and me. So Bianca, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Absolutely. And, and thanks for having me. Certainly. And so, you know, this is obviously a really critical problem. A lot of our audience obviously are going to be professional care providers in healthcare fields. However, the fact that everyone is ultimately going to be a care provider, whether they have children, parents, it's a really important problem you're solving. Can you talk to us a bit about what led to the creation of CareWell and specifically what problems you're hoping to solve? Yeah. So, you know, after college, uh, I moved back home to a three-generational household My grandmother, who was in her 80s at the time, she had just had hip surgery, and my mom and I were acting as her nurses. It was a confusing and incredibly overwhelming experience, and it was a logistical nightmare as well. We were bouncing around trying to figure out what it is that she needed and where to get it from. We had no clue what products even existed, uh, much less where to find or how to use them. And so naturally, you know, we started off by asking doctors and nurses, and they themselves are overwhelmed with work, and they're also not product experts. And so we tried finding what we needed in local stores and pharmacies, but they have a pretty poor selection. And when you're buying incontinence products for someone, you don't want to run into your neighbors. It's embarrassing. So next, we tried buying online, but marketplaces are a jungle. There are so many product listings, so many different descriptions. And when you're buying these healthcare products, you want to trust that you're getting the right item from a trusted source. And in both cases, you don't have anyone guiding you and telling you, you know, what you actually need and why. And if you get the wrong thing, well, I I want to get the right thing. How do I get that? Right. And I remember being really surprised back then to know that there was no support for someone who was unexpectedly thrust into this caregiving role. There was no what to expect, uh, like there is for new parents who've got these blogs and communities and YouTube videos and just a ton of other forms of guidance. And I personally found it just shocking because I knew by 2030, there's gonna be more people over the age of 65 than there are gonna be under the age of 18. And what most people don't realize is that 90% of all of the care for seniors is provided by family caregivers like me, like my mom, we've no medical training, no prior medical expertise. And that's scary, especially when you're acting as a nurse uh, and, and especially for someone you love who's cared for you your whole life, right? You want to do a good job. You don't want to mess up. You want to make sure they're safe and comfortable. And around the same time, I met my now husband, Jonathan, who had won a business competition with an idea for an adult diaper subscription service. And I thought, wow, that's genius. I'm going through that right now. I would totally use that. And we literally conceptualized CareWell on our first date. And six years later, here we are. 
Oh, that's incredible. That's a great first date story and to, to launch a successful company from that. Um, so actually, this is an industry I know quite a bit about. My mother is actually also in Florida. She's a physical therapist who treats people specifically for incontinence. And so I've learned a lot about how confusing all the products are out there. What is the user experience like for CareWell? Can you walk our audience through that? Yeah, absolutely. So we specialize in guiding people through the caregiving journey with extremely high touch service. We've won a bunch of awards. Our favorite is the best in customer service experience from modern retail, where we beat out some really established brands. And imagine, you know, we're, we're still a very small company. Uh, and we're most proud of that one because unbeatable customer care really is the foundation of our business. I mean, this quality service is more important now than ever. And it's going to continue being right. And in response to the isolation a lot of caregivers felt during quarantine, we developed an empathy training initiative. And so we've got an entire customer care team of experts who are trained on the products and trained now on empathy. So it's a three-day long program, and it's really to help our employees understand how to communicate effectively with caregivers through active listening and compassionate guidance. And you've got to remember, our members crave human interaction and community because they're overwhelmed and they're isolated, they're alone. In fact, we just completed a study that shows that customers who interact with our care team have an increased lifetime value of 300%. So uh, like I mentioned, we have these field experts, nurses who train our care team on how to recommend the best options for our customer specific healthcare needs. And in addition, we have we do fun things like, you know, send uh, gifts and handwritten note cards and have a guaranteed happiness policy that assures that if anything ever goes wrong, we'll fix any mistake, whether it's on our part, whether it's someone else's. We really treat you like family and we make sure that you are well taken care of. And you really can't find this combination of expertise, empathy, and convenience anywhere else, period. In fact, one of the things that we hear over and over again in our reviews is that Carewell provides the efficiency of a large corporation with the feel of a mom and pop shop. Uh, I mean, we've had customers send us flowers and, and that's really how much the Carewell experience matters to them. That's awesome. Uh, there's another small company out there that begins with an A that really focused on customer experience. So I think it's really smart that you're doing that super early on. So can you tell us a bit about how the last 18 months of COVID have affected your company? Yeah. So we launched back in 2017 and, you know, we were growing significantly, you know, doubling, tripling, quadrupling year over year. And then last year, COVID really fast-tracked a shift towards that at-home caregiving obviously due to issues in nursing homes and just general concerns over, you know, older relatives' health. Uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, put out a stat saying that 55% of current caregivers would not have identified as caregivers before the pandemic. We definitely saw that reflected in our early pandemic growth. And right when the pandemic hit, just between uh, February 2020 and March 2020 alone, our revenue doubled. And then we, you know, were, of course, pumped, uh, but that means that we, you know, had the opportunity to hire experienced leaders for all of our major departments. And that really freed up myself and my husband and co-founder, John, to really start focusing more on strategy and product expansion. And so now, instead of just focusing on incontinence, we're heavily focused on expanding nutrition and, and diabetes care, mobility, and a bunch of other categories, and continue to provide educational resources for our user base around those subjects. 
That's really awesome to hear that that's a silver lining. And certainly we've had a number of guests on the RaiseLine podcast who've talked about the transition of healthcare from, you know, fee-for-service to value-based. Obviously that's occurring at scale now, um, but also at-home care, as you were mentioning, and trying to democratize who all is part of the care journey. So we can't just rely and outsource all of our care provisions to doctors, nurses, PAs, CNAs, et cetera. We have to ourselves take responsibility for our relatives, as well as our own bodies and own health. So can you talk to us a bit about the educational experience on CareWell? Like, you know, you mentioned employee education on empathy training, but, you know, say, you know, I'm looking after a, a grandparent who has incontinence or diabetes, you know, I could go to WebMD, I can go to YouTube. What are some of the things I would get on CareWell? Can you just kind of go through the educational aspects? Absolutely. And before I talk a little bit about it, it's important to note 90% of Americans, including my own grandparents, my husband's grandparents, they want to stay in their homes for the rest of their lives, right? They don't want to change. They don't want to go and they can't really afford uh, to go in, into some institution. Uh, and it's really up to exactly what you just said, our parents and the younger generations to help them age in place safely and comfortably. And in order to do this, caregivers need support information. 84% of caregivers report needing more information around caregiving specifically. So providing access to educational resources is vital for this audience, especially as conditions worsen and change. And uh, now is really the time to provide these educational resources. So when that growing wave of new caregivers start their roles, they aren't feeling the same lack of guidance that my mom and I and millions of other family caregivers are experiencing today. So one of the ways that we support this population is through a growing content library. And it covers extensive range of topics from practical how-to tips, FAQs, and even articles that focus on your own or the caregiver's own mental, physical, and financial health and well-being. So what you'll find a lot is, you know, WebMD content. It tells you about the condition and very medical focused. What we're aiming to do is set out uh, practical guides on checklists. What do I need in my home to make sure that my mom doesn't slip and fall? How do I prevent things from happening, whether it's slip and falls or dementia? And a lot of that, those practical tips just don't exist like they do for the new parent population. So that's one of the, the great things that we've been able to continue growing is that content library and that education and support. That's awesome. It's a little like reminds me of um, things you should know, or there's all these sites that have the practical checklist, like how to change your toilet up if you need to do that. So that's really interesting. Um, you know, our audience is obviously comprised a lot of current and future healthcare professionals, what advice would you give to them about um, the next 10 years of caregiving, as well as their own approach to their careers in healthcare? It's a great question. You know, I think the first piece of advice is to pay attention to the caregiver or pay as much attention to the caregiver as you do to the care recipient. These are the people who are making or helping make the healthcare decisions for a majority of the population. Like you mentioned earlier, whether that's children, whether it's themselves or whether it's a parent, their needs and voices have been ignored for far too long. And companies and healthcare professionals have to start focusing on ways to cater to our seniors by making healthcare much more accessible within their own homes, right? If you think about the caregiver perspective, it's a huge pain to take an immobile parent to an office for a diagnostics test that could just as easily be performed at home. And so, you know, healthcare providers need to offer an experience that's not just based on trust, 
but also human interaction and connection and convenience. And they need to start taking that experience of caregivers into account. We actually did a survey last year and found that 40% of caregivers say that they neglect their own health due to just constantly being focused on the health of their care recipient. So if the trend continues, we're entering the age of the silver tsunami, we're going to have another looming healthcare crisis just from the poor health of the people who have been caring for them. Yeah, no, definitely. And people are obviously living longer, but the quality of life isn't necessarily improving. And, and certainly if you're taking care of your 80, 90, 100 year old grandparents or great grandparents and jeopardizing your own health in the process, then when you're 80, 90, 100, the cycle will continue and get worse. Exactly. I'm curious. So, so obviously the new administration, Biden administration has been very active about promoting caregiving initiatives and views caregivers as a critical part of infrastructure. A lot of it to do with childcare and providing daycare services. Uh, but I'm curious, what specific things have you seen out of this administration that could be useful for caregivers and, and also how would that impact care well, you think? Yeah, I think uh, exactly what I just mentioned, actually. One of the core tenets of his plan is to involve the caregiver in all of the healthcare decisions so that when we make these healthcare decisions, when we're going through training and hospital systems, we are thinking about how do we deliver this news? How do we educate the at-home caregiver, the family caregiver on how to provide and make good choices for this individual that they're caring for? And so, you know, I think that there's going to be a lot more support, a lot more mind power that goes behind thinking through what it is through this new perspective, right? Through this caregiver. Um, and we haven't done that before. And so I, th I think that the caregiver is going to be put at the forefront and that's ultimately going to lead to better healthcare outcomes, right? We're going to start thinking, okay, this person needs to take the care recipient to the doctor's office. Well, we understand that this person has young children at home or they have college age kids that they're taking care of. They have a husband, they have their own life. So how do we make it easy for the caregiver to uh, schedule an appointment where we go to them? And so those are some of the things that I've read in the plan. We'll see what ends up happening because as you know, and most people do, the healthcare system is incredibly complex, unnecessarily so, but at least we're starting to think in that way. And I think that's very, very important. Yeah, definitely some positive trends. And, and obviously the last year and a half has, has, as we talked about, accelerated certain trends that were happening already before, but now are even more critical. What other, so outside of at-home care and caregiving, what other lasting changes do you think COVID will have on the healthcare system or entrepreneurship? Just kind of free for all here. So another trend that we've been noticing, obviously, is uh, working remotely. I think it's an incredible trend for family caregivers who are caring for family members in their homes because it gives them that flexibility, right? They don't have to leave the workforce. And then, of course, you know, if they don't leave the workforce, they can ultimately make more money. Uh, they have, you know, healthcare benefits through employers. And so hopefully it reduces some of the stress and financial strain on their own lives because many family caregivers end up having to go part-time or they end up having to leave the workforce altogether. So one of the great trends that I think from the pandemic and the silver lining is that we've realized that working remote is possible, that people are as productive and it still gives, you know, whether it's new moms, new dads, new caregivers, or people who have been doing this for decades, the ability to do that from home and be able to manage both in one place. So I think, you know, we'll see uh, women re-entering the workforce. I think we need better, and this is another part of Biden's plan, um, better childcare, access to childcare, but uh, hopefully that comes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great thing for family caregivers. 
Totally. So it's hard to predict the future, obviously, but you mentioned by 2030, there'll be more people over 65 than under, under 18. That's just pure demographic data. Where do you see CareWell by 2030? The vision for CareWell is to be the one-stop shop for family caregivers in terms of products. There are so many products that are out there. And if you think about a lot of the healthcare system, it's really tailored to institutions. These are hospital systems, they're rehab centers. The end patient is not a consumer of the products, right? The hospital systems are the ones buying these products. So that means, of course, the products are lacking in quality, maybe not as comfortable. They're very cost-effective products. And I really want to see a shift in the quality of products and the look and feel. You know, nobody wants to age in their homes and have their home look like a hospital or a rehab center. You want to have your home and you want to be proud and you want to live with dignity. So, you know, redesigning some of these products like walkers and wheelchairs to be more mobile, to be lighter uh, weight, to look nicer so that people can actually use them with confidence. Because what happens is, and this has happened with my own grandmother, she's fallen three times. She doesn't want to use a walker, right? She's embarrassed. She doesn't want to do that in her own home. Uh, but we've got to take safety into account. You know, falling is one of the main causes of death. And so, you know, by building and designing better products, I think that more people will use them, will want them in their homes for safety reasons, and then we'll be able to prevent accidents. Insurance companies will be able to save money. But th that's all through preventative measures as well. So the vision for CareWell is, be that one-stop shop and then, uh, you know, come out with these products um, and, and maybe even potentially services that allow customers and caregivers to age in place safely and comfortably. That's amazing. Well, um, one person I put Alan and Abby from Primetime in touch with is uh, Sarah Santon. She's a dean at Hopkins School of Nursing and runs a program called Capable, which is community aging in place. It has a lot of research around that where Similarly, like instead of going, waiting for somebody to fall and then, you know, spending a ton of money and once they break a hip, it's very tough to recover. There's other things that will happen when they get to the hospital, like nosocomial infections. Um, her whole thesis has been to spend a little more money upfront to hire a handy person to like install railings and whatnot so that later on you can prevent a lot of these accidents. I think aging in place is definitely a trend our audience should be looking out for. What percentage of products would you say, you know, 10 years from now are going to be ones that you all design versus ones that you kind of just sell as an e-commerce platform? Oh, that's a hard question. I have no idea. Um, I wish I could design them all because I'm very opinionated. And I think of, you know, using these products for my own mother and for myself eventually. Um, and one of the great things is we're talking to customers all the time. Uh, so we're getting product feedback all the time and our, our customers are uh, so open with us. So I think that we have the ability to redesign every product. Uh, but a big thing for me and, and one of the pieces of advice that I have for anyone starting a business is you've got to stay focused and you've got to know when to say no. And so I don't have a great answer to that, but I, you know, I think that there's in almost every category, a huge potential to develop new products. Yeah. Unfortunately, again, I think there are a lot of other vertically specific platforms that have had to deal with this. And Alan knows everybody has put me in touch with tons of people. So I'm sure he's doing the same with you guys. So I know we're coming up in time. So my last question for you, is there anything else you'd like our audience to know about you, Carewell, the Silver Tsunami or anything else on your mind? Uh, let me think. I would say, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, I guess more personal advice is really just to stay focused exactly what we were just talking about. 
you know, there's a Steve Jobs quote that I love and I think about all the time. It's, you know, innovation means saying no to a hundred good ideas or a thousand good ideas a year. And because the healthcare system is so complex, when you're trying to design solutions, it's complex, right? And on top of that, building a business is really challenging. You know, there's hiring is hard. Building out new technology is hard. Working as a team is hard. You know, on top of all these challenges, you're trying to innovate and you're trying to bring to life something that's never existed. And then to make matters more complicated, you've got a ton of people who really want to help you succeed. But in doing so, they give you well-meaning advice and ideas that are not always helpful to building your business today so that you can get to that future business. And so my only advice is to act on the ideas and suggestions that really help you accomplish your goals in the near term and to stay focused with blinders on. Take their advice, store it. It's probably incredible advice, but store it away for a time when it's useful and trust your gut when you're saying yes or no to things. That's some really great advice to end on. So Bianca, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the Raise Line podcast and more importantly for the work that you and your team are doing at CareWell to look out for our family caregivers. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me. Really enjoyed being here. Likewise. And with that, I'm Shiv Gulani. Thank you to our audience for checking out today's show. And remember to do your part to flatten the curve and raise line. We're all in this together. Take care. For more information on how you can help raise the line and flatten the curve, go to osmosis.org slash COVID-19. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our podcasts at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast.